Thank you for tuning in to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald. Each year, the Twin Lakes Library System opens its doors to host the community's largest annual book sale and, as I like to say, literacy event, the Twin Lakes Library System Library Fair. This year, the sale-slash-celebration will take place on Saturday, September 22nd at the Mary Vincent Memorial Library in downtown Milledgeville. Joining me to talk about this excellent community event and some of the library programming it supports is Twin Lakes Library System Youth Services Coordinator, Sarah Hamill. Sarah, welcome back to WRGC. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, as always. Uh, now, in case you have not heard this interview before, I would ask that you uh, introduce the library fair to some of our new listeners, perhaps even new community members. It's the library's biggest fundraiser of the year. We do two book sales a year, one in the spring um, that we refer to as a book sale, and the library fair we refer to as a library fair because it is more of a fair-like atmosphere. This year will be our 38th annual library fair. The first library fair was held in 1980, so 38 years of library fair fun. Here's what to expect when you arrive to the library fair. We're going to have a book sale with thousands of books. We have a bake sale, a plant sale, a flea market, a food court with all sorts of delicious, yummy foods and fair snacks. Fair foods, yes. (laughs) Um, A lot of really delicious food that you would find at a fall festival, cotton candy, boiled peanuts, pizza, burgers, stuff like that. Uh, We're also going to have a lot of activities for kids like games and crafts, face painting, a bounce house. And we also have several live acoustic musicians planning to play for Library Fair this year too. So all around, it's a great opportunity to get the family out, bring them to the library. There's going to be something there for everybody to have a good time, whether you love books or you enjoy doing a garage rummage sale or if you enjoy plants or just baked goods like me, (laughs) you know, so there's going to be something fun for everybody and it's a library fundraiser so all of the proceeds that are collected on the day of library fair go to support library programs and library materials all right and so as you said it's a fundraiser uh, plus a fundraiser i actually like just to go out and see other members of the community yeah. uh, but how does it go into um supporting the library programming in a larger sense. Sure. Um, So I kind of like to refer to this as a book recycling program. This is a great opportunity for community members to clear out their bookshelves or in the flea market aspect, uh, their garage or their attic, and get rid of some of the things that they no longer have use for, pass it on to someone else. So essentially what we're doing is we're taking all of your donations and getting them ready to resell. And then the money that we collect and all of the the, um, items that are at Library Fair are reasonably priced. You can get a a grocery sack full of books for $10 or a small Lowe's moving box. So a good sized cardboard box full of books for $15. All of the money that we collect from all of the sections of Library Fair, the bake sale, the plant sale, book sale, flea market, food court, it's all goes back into library programs. So the money that we collect from Library Fair helps us purchase new equipment for programs, helps us pay for performers for the summer reading program. It helps us buy maybe a new book set, you know, just to keep up with the programs and services that we offer the community. This helps support that. So yes, we would have a hard time providing the materials and services that we do without the Library Fair. 
And now during that last answer, you said um, it's kind of like a book recycling program. And y'all also offer a a yard sale type Mm -hmm. environment in there. As the library fair is coming up this Saturday, is it still possible to make donations that will go towards this Saturday's library fair? Well, yes, we will be taking flea market donations up until I believe the the Thursday before library fair. Friday, we are closed to the public. So if you come to the library on Friday, it's going to be to drop off bake sale donations likely. Um, Now, the way that we handle our books is we collect book donations throughout the year. So we already have most of the books that we're going to use for library fair this year. We do have a person that works solely on books for the book sale. They categorize them into different genres and then box them up. All other times of the year, those books go into storage until we get ready for a book sale. So if you do have items to donate, we do encourage you to bring them to the library. They may or may not make it into the library sale, but rest assured they will make it into a book sale, whether that is the spring book sale in April or if it's in good enough a condition, we will add it to our Frank's Friends used bookstore upstairs at the Mary Vincent Memorial Library. So do not let the cutoff date deter you from donating because we do still provide deed of gift for any book donations, any flea market donations as well. We can give you a deed of gift as long as you keep track of what you're donating. Also, if you donate monetarily, all of that is tax exempt as well. So, yes, we do ask that you cut off book donations the Thursday before Library Fair. I believe that would be the 20th of September. We accept uh, flea market donations only in September during the year, but we accept book donations year-round. Well, it's happened. We are out of time for this segment, so let's take the opportunity for a short break. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Millageville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. In this program, we are looking forward to this weekend's library fair, which is put on by the Twin Lakes Library System at their Mary Vincent Memorial Library branch in downtown Milledgeville. I'm joined in the studio by Youth Services Coordinator Sarah Hamill, who's here to talk to you about the library fair and some of the programs that it supports. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more. Millageville Matters. One of the best inventions ever was the book. A book lets you zoom through time and space, but don't bother packing. You can stay in one place. Whether you head north, south, east, or west, a book can be your passport from your own neighborhood to the craters of the moon imagination when you read a good book you bring the book to life you bring the book to life when you read a good book you're the actor a book lets you zoom through time and space but don't bother packing you can stay in one place zoom through time and space but you don't have to take my word for it there are stories everywhere you look if you look in the right way Thank you for staying tuned to Millageville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you were just joining us, we are looking forward to the 38th annual Twin Lakes Library System Library Fair, which will take place this Saturday, September 22nd, in the Mary Vincent Memorial Library Branch in downtown Milledgeville. Uh, Joining me today, as she does, is Sarah Hamill, the Twin Lakes Library System Youth Services Coordinator. Uh, Now, in that last segment, we were kind of setting up 
uh, the conversation with talking about the library fair. Uh, as we mentioned, it's a it's a fundraiser and it's also a fundraiser, and it those funds go into help programming that the library puts on throughout the year. I was reading in the Milledgeville Union Recorder about an interesting program that y'all are putting on. It's the first time I'd heard about it, and so um, standing in for our audience members, maybe the first time they've heard about it. I was wondering if you could introduce us to the Sensory Club. Sure. So let me preface by saying that we strive to create an all-inclusive atmosphere at the Twin Lakes Library System. Anyone is welcome to come to our programs. All children are welcome to story time, to We Read on Wednesday. But what I heard from some parents in the community is that our programs did not work for their children. I've had parents of children that fall on the autism spectrum disorder or children that have autism, children that have sensory processing disorders, that our programs just didn't really work out for their children. Maybe the program was too big. Some of our summer reading programs can get really large. Magic shows can bring in like 200 people. So if there's a particular child that has trouble with crowds, that's not going to be the ideal environment for them. So what I'm hearing from parents is that uh, there wasn't library programs for their children and also other public places. They didn't feel like their children fit in there, that because of their children's special needs, they didn't feel comfortable bringing their children to those places. So... I feel like our job as a public library is to serve the entire community. And from those parents telling me that there wasn't anything for them, that let me know that we were not serving the entire community. And such is the case, you know, I always want to be aware of places where we can improve. And this is one of those, you know, I said, well, okay, let's see what we can do. It sounds like what we need to do is provide a program that has limited attendance, um, something that we can cap off a certain amount of children so that it doesn't get too large. We need to maybe have a program that's in a specific room that uh, maybe children don't need to worry about their volume levels as much. They can have a little more fun. They don't need to worry about sitting still. So the Sensory Club is in reaction to wanting to fulfill a need in the community for programming for children with autism, with Asperger's, with sensory processing disorders. What that looks like is to provide a program with fun and flexible content. Ideally, what parents will do is contact me at the library. Uh, I'm going to have this program to start out with once a month. I'm probably going to be on Thursdays. It will require parental sign-up month to month. I'm asking parents to communicate to the library anything that we can do to accommodate their children better. Obviously, I think the library did not have uh, programming that fit all of the needs for parents in the community. Uh, but I imagine that it wasn't just the library. There probably were not a lot of events in the community um, for parents to take their children to. Uh, how did you go about finding out uh, what might fulfill the needs uh, that would be more inclusive for all the members of the sure. community? From my research, there are not many programs in the Milledgeville area that cater to children on the autism spectrum or with sensory disorders. Most of these families travel to Macon, Augusta, or even Atlanta to get resources for their children or to go to programming that specifically caters to children with special needs. So that's really where it came from is like, hey, they shouldn't have to go out of town to find something, you know, a program, a story time for their child. You know, they're they're 
own community should be able to do something at least. So the Sensory Club is also partnered by a resource notebook that I've started to keep with handouts for parents that has resources. I've had parents coming to me with a a new diagnosis for their child. Like I just found out my doctor diagnosed my child with mild autism. You know, what can I do? You know, is there anything here? So at the very least, I feel like what we can do is direct parents to the resources outside of town. But at the most, we can start building some programming to actually satisfy those needs. That's very interesting <clears throat> in that y'all are fulfilling that kind of information role uh, that we would commonly associate with the reference desk upstairs, yes. but then also going a, a step further and then trying to build these mm-hmm. programs uh, to be not only just an information center, but also a resource center yes, as well. Yes, exactly. Because, and here's really where it came from is I try to be a compassionate person and I'm trying to picture myself in these parents' shoes. I can imagine it can be a very isolating feeling to feel like maybe the world didn't think about your kid when they designed something. And as a public library, as I mentioned before, our job is to serve the whole community. So, you know, I don't want the library to be another frustration for these parents. I want us to be able to help them not be another wall that they have to try to figure out a way around. You know, I wanted to provide a safe, comfortable place where these parents and their children feel heard and cared about. Um, And so really a lot of what this program is going to be is listening on my part. It's going to require a lot of feedback from these parents to let me know what the individual needs of their children are, because as I'm understanding and as you and I both know, we're all individuals. We all have specific needs that we want filled and um, what I need may not be the same thing as you need. So that's the way I'm approaching this is these children are just, they're just regular kids. They want to do the same things that these other children want. It would mean a lot more, I think, to these families and these children for an organization like a public library to listen to their needs, to try to figure out what we can do to help. So that means a lot of listening on my part, a lot of talking to professionals and maybe occupational therapists, um, pediatricians, other community members, other parents to find out what we can provide, you know, then we have limitations that we're working within. But, you know, I find it incredibly easy to offer a programming on once a month where kids get to make slime. And, you know, I'm doing that already with the programming that I offer at in the children's library. So why can I not set aside a special time for children that maybe don't want to be in a big of a crowd as our other slime making programs? Maybe they just want to make slime with fewer kids or maybe they don't like slime. Maybe they want to come into a room where they get to explore different musical instruments. Uh, in my research, what I'm realizing is most of the program content that I'm going to be able to offer is going to deal with tactile senses, auditory senses, and visual senses. And perhaps later after this program gets better established, we have more funding, I can work more with vestibular sensory programs, or um, if I hope I'm not saying this wrong, uh proprioceptive sensory stuff but those senses kind of lend towards more expensive equipment is that what i'm finding out like hanging swings we have to define these senses yes <laughs> exactly so um tactile is, is touch auditory is hearing visual is seeing um there is obviously the sense of taste that's kind of limit limiting on what you can do for a program but um so proprioceptive i believe has to do with um your body sense, your balance. Um, so a lot of the, the equipment that they um, suggest you get for a proprioceptive sensory room is stuff like hanging swings or 
body, this sounds, uh, I'm not sure the correct term, but um, it's like a little pouch that these kids get into and it helps them stretch their muscles and feel resistance. Um, Some uh, individuals with autism feel the need to have pressure on their bodies, but they do not want to be touched by another person. I have a lot to learn still, and that's what I'm finding out with my research is that the only way I can provide these services uh, to the community is by identifying specific needs and seeing what the library can do to satisfy those needs from the community. We can start small. We can start with small monthly gatherings that provides just fun stuff for kids. You know, I don't know if you heard of a sensory bin, but you can get a container, fill it with sand and have different toys where children kind of excavate the toys out or certain slimes or Play-Dohs or moon sand, stuff like that. Uh, I plan to have a musical instrument day. So if someone with a sensory processing disorder that does not deal with auditory processing may not want to come to the musical instrument day we have, or someone that has a hard time processing the tactile sense may not want a slime day. But I feel like if we offer a variety of programs and rotate them out month to month, there's going to be a program for one of these children in the community, at least one or two a year that they're going to enjoy and so you've been saying you've been doing a lot of research. What I, uh, many of these programs are for young people who like to have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's been the most fun for you uh, to learn about, or maybe even oh an gosh. activity that you offer that you're thinking about in a different way? Well, honestly, most of the activities that I do for um, there's another program we offer called the Just for Fun Club. It's a once a month club where kids come in and do different arts and crafts or different science experiments. We've done Lego days, we've done STEM days, we've done slime days, play doh. Sometimes we paint, you know. So really, utilizing art as therapy. I mean, any of the programs that I have offered so far would work for the sensory club. And that's what I feel like it comes down to. It's just about tweaking the environment to work for individual needs. And that's really what it comes down to is all of the stuff that I'm offering is stuff that I think is fun that any child would enjoy. I feel like any most any kid would enjoy slime making or Play-Doh or Legos or magnets on the first activity in uh, August. And it went great. So really, it's less about the content and more about the environment, more about changing the environment to work for individual needs and offering a variety of programs and flexible content as well. So those are, the, I think, the key things is providing the right environment, providing flexible content so that if something's not working, we change it and we do something different, you know, and all of that just comes from being receptive to the community's needs. Here's the other part that I really want to address is that not only is it providing a place for children to come and socialize and have a good afternoon. It's a great time for parents to talk to one another and to create a sense of community, a sense of organization. I imagine most of the parents that we're catering to have their hands full. They probably work. If they don't work, maybe they care for their child full time. I mean, parenting is hard enough, but to parent on top of feeling like you don't have resources available to you could be even more frustrating. So I'm thinking that it could work like some of our other programs, story time and baby time, uh, an opportunity for other like-minded parents to converge together and learn from one another, provide, you know, social therapy for one another just to be like, hey, my kid's doing this. What is your kid doing? You know, and that feeds into the library's mission of wanting to provide these resources. You know, community is a resource, I feel like, and and a community meeting ground is a resource. And so this is just another opportunity for a cross section of our community to come together to get what they need from the library.
Well, we've run out of time for this segment, so we're going to take another short break here. But if you're just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm talking today with Twin Lakes Library System Youth Services Coordinator Sarah Hamill. Uh, we were just talking about their program that they just started called the Sensory Club. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the Library Fair, which is coming up this Saturday at their Mary Vincent Memorial Library branch in downtown Milledgeville. Stay tuned for more Milledgeville Matters. Inventing takes imagination. How about you? If you could invent anything, what would it be? Shoes where you could walk on the walls. Pocket size time machine. Automatic dog walker. Technology that makes kids in charge of the world. A machine that can clean up my room. By picking up a book, it's up to you to pick it off the shelf. You to pick it off the You can be the expert by picking up a book. It's up to you to bring it to life. You to bring it to life. idea has to start here or here. You can bring the book to life in your imagination. You can be the expert by picking up a book. It's up to you to up to you to bring it to life. Let's you zoom to the craters of the moon. You bring the book to life in your imagination. Time and space in your imagination. There are stories everywhere you look. If you look in the right way, new castles to build, mysteries to be solved. The answer is in a book. There are stories everywhere you look. If you look in the right way, new castles to build, mysteries to be solved. You can be the expert in your imagination. Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. If you are just joining us, we are talking about one of my favorite community events and one that I hope that you will check out um, in support of our local library, the Twin Lakes Library System, this Saturday. They are hosting their annual library fair. Now, this is, of course, the big book sale plus the big community event where you can go out and see all your friends and find some new fun to get into at the Milledgeville, Baldwin County Community Place, our local library. Joining me to talk all about it today is Twin Lakes Library System Youth Services Coordinator Sarah Hamill. Um, as we are speaking in this last section and we're kind of just priming the pump and getting you ready to go out there and um, have a great time supporting your local library, I thought we'd start off this part of the conversation and I'd ask you for Sarah's strategies <laughs> for making the most of a library fair. Oh, that's great. I like that. <laughs> Let's do that again next year, too. <laughs> okay, so just to start out with, the library will be closed to the public the Friday before. So Friday, September 21st, we will be closed to the public. However, if you were dropping off bake sale donations, just come to the front door and Miss Krista will be there to accept your bake sale donations. We will not be accepting book donations on that Friday because we're all going to be inside getting the rest of the books ready for the sale. We will be open for the library fair uh, Saturday, September 22nd from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. But we, however, will be closed the following Monday, the 24th, for a recovery because we're all really tired after all that hard work. When you say that you'll be open for the library fair, you won't be open, though, doing yes. your regular services. We will not be open for regular services like renewing books and checking out materials. We will be open for the library fair. And... If you come to the library on Library Fair Day, you will notice that the library is not 
in normal operations. We have certain sections that you cannot even access to get books. Um, our computers are usually broken down to make way for cash registers and checkout stations. So, yes, yeah, so we will be closed for normal service the Friday before the Saturday of, and the Monday after, and we'll resume regular business hours on Tuesday, September 25th. And so, of course, that uh, make sure you get done all of your library business done on Thursday or wait until that Tuesday afterwards. Yes. And we do appreciate you guys understanding uh, while we take the day off afterwards to re- recover. And, of course, um, does that affect the Lake Sinclair Library branch? No, it does not. The lake will be open regular normal hours, um, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. All right. More of Sarah's tips for navigating the library fair. We do accept three forms of payment, cash, check, and debit card. However, I will say cash is the easiest way to conduct most of your transactions. Uh, so bring some cash to library fair. If, if you can't, that's fine, but it would be easier for you and for us to bring cash. Also, we do have tickets available for the Midway Games, Face Painting, and the Bounce House. We'll have two cash register areas. One will be for the book line outside of the library. The other one will be upstairs where the reference desk normally is. The reference desk cash register is where you can purchase tickets for face painting, games, crafts, um, and the bounce house. Downstairs, you would purchase your books and boxes and bags for books. And other locations like the plant sale and the bake sale and the food court we deal with cash only. So yes, so cash is the preferred method of payment for library fair. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, it's the Tuesday before the library fair. Is there still time to sign up to volunteer? And if so, what are some of those volunteer opportunities that people might be able to take advantage of? We have many volunteer opportunities still available. You can sign up for the library fair all the way up until the Friday before library fair. So Friday, September 21st. We're doing okay on volunteers, but we would love to have more people to help out because The more hands there are, the easier the job is for everyone. So, yes, you can um, volunteer. We have links to the volunteer application on our website at tllsga.org, as well on our Facebook page at Twin Lakes Library System. And you can also ask for a volunteer form in person. Like we said earlier in the program, you can donate books up until the Thursday before library fair. And if we don't use them in this year's fair, we will most definitely use them in our spring book sale or in Frank's Friends used bookstore. You can donate baked goods up until the Friday before library fair. Um, Just call the library and ask for Miss Krista Jones. She runs our bake sale from year to year and does a great job at it. And if none of those other ways work for you, if you cannot volunteer, if you cannot donate books or flea market items or bake sale items, you could always donate monetarily and all of your funds will go towards supporting library programs programs and purchasing of new library materials. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. I thought I'd just ask one last question to whet people's appetite even further for the fair. Sarah, what is your favorite part of the library fair? Ooh. <laughs> I really love the bake sale. <laughs> I love cake waddle bombs, cakes. If you've never had a cake waddle bomb pound cake, you're missing out. Please come and get one. Also, Mary Baker's ginger crinkles and Daniel, your wife, Kate, always makes something new and delicious every year for the bake sale. So I'm looking forward to the bake sale. Also, <laughs> The food court as well. We've got a lot of great new vendors for the food court this year. And the Friends of the Library purchased a cotton candy machine for the library. So we will indefinitely have 
cotton candy at our book sales from here on out. We didn't have it last year and everybody was kind of sad. So I don't know if I love, I of course love the books and the games and I love all of it really. It's a, it's, it's a source of pride for me in my job, being able to provide a community event like this. And it's also nice to feel like you're a part of something bigger than you, you know, to be, to help do something that serves so many people. It's a good feeling and I really do love it all. So all right. Well, Sarah Hamill, thank you for coming out and sharing your appreciation of this great community event, but also all the information that will get our audience members ready for it. Thanks for having me, Daniel. It was nice as always. And the pleasure was mine as well. You were listening to Millageville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. Today we were talking about the annual Twin Lakes Library System Library Fair, which will take place starting at 9 a.m. this Saturday, September 22nd, at the Mary Vincent Memorial Library branch in downtown Milledgeville. As a final word, I just want to go ahead and thank all of the bakers, too, because that's a special part of my library fair experience every year.